Welcome to the Agency of Today podcast with Harvey and Gary. Welcome to our conversation with Juan Pacheco. Juan is Director of Media and Analytics at Mechanism in New York. He has been in the analytics game for over 10 years on both the media and product side, working with clients such as L'Oreal, Nike, Samsung, and Verizon, just to name a few. We'll be diving into career advice for data analysts, if analytic capabilities is moving in-house, the importance of coding, the impact of AI, and how you get fired by Interpol, i.e. Juan's everlasting love for Paul Banks. For more authentic discussions with leaders in the industry, please check out agencyoftoday.com. All right. We are live. Let me open my drink. Do you guys have like a theme song for the intro? We will. Nice. It just happened. You didn't even know it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Juan, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you guys. Associate Director, Analytics. Am I correct? That's right. The AKQA currently. Currently still there. Thriving. Doing well. Thanks for coming on. What, um, let's start with a little background, a little sure. history. Yeah. How did you get into analytics? Because I know a little bit about yeah. you hanging out with Interpol. Yeah. Doing a little studio <laughs> work. Yeah. But how did, how did you go from that type of stuff? Like, how did you, how did you, how did you get in this crazy world? So, the music game is, is fucking highly competitive, right? So, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do coming out of high school. So I was like, man, like, I, I would like to be that guy just kind of like mixing and recording. Like I, I'm a musician at heart, I might as well pursue that. So I tried pursuing it. And uh, near the end of my second year in music school, I had to do the internship. And I was like, cool, I'll go do it with like Interpol. And like once I met Interpol there and like getting fired, which we can get into that a little after, um, I realized that everyone behind the control boards is old as fuck. You're either old as fuck or you know someone that knows someone. That's how they got you in there. Right. And so it's super hard to get into it. And that's why most people are now like recording at home. Like the technology is good enough to record at home. So I kind of just like gave up on that. And so I was like, fuck, I got to figure something else out. So then I got into like, uh, maybe psychology is interesting. So I pursued psychology for a bit. Then I want to do accounting. I took one class. I was like, fuck that. Boring as shit. And then eventually, uh, I met this lady called Heidi Miller. She was an adjunct professor at RGA, sorry, at Baruch, who worked at RGA. And so I kind of like just spur the moment we started talking about stuff. She was like, oh, like analytics is like a blend of like psychology and making sense of numbers, finding a pattern, like that kind of stuff. And so she actually got me my internship into RGA at first. And that's when I started getting into the world of like digital advertising. And so after I did my little stint at RGA, I got like a full-time gig doing paid search for a pharmaceutical company. And the paid search only gets you so far because like you're just trying to scale out certain amounts of dollars to get as many clicks as possible. Right. But they were essentially weren't sharing the information of like, well, what happens like after my click? Like it's good that I got like good click-through rates, low cost per clicks and all that, but like I need to know what's happening on the site. Cause then like if I can tailor my ad copy to what the people want to see to help guide them through the site, I could probably get like a killer conversion rate or whatever. Did and that's you, when did you piss off a lot of people by asking that question. I did because in the pharma <laughs> world, you can't do that kind of shit. Right. Like it's very like sensitive in the world of like personal information, even though it's all anonymized anyway. Every every cookie is anonymized. Um, yeah. So then from there, uh, paid search, 
went back to RJ, finally got like a full-time thing there. And then that's when I really got into the weeds of like working with L'Oreal and CPG brands and eventually leading up to like AKQA. I just had a little bit of time in like traditional uh, working on the Roar. That was a mistake. And rest in peace, Roar doesn't exist anymore. So so two years in the music industry, right? Yeah. Or, or two years like studying music and then two years... Like, my best what, years are studying music was it analytics like like so what was your actual degree in? like when you graduated like what, when what i graduated dude oh it was a degree uh business administration digital marketing wow they have those now <laughs> yeah but fucking leading up to it i was doing like every job under the sun man just fucking hustling wine and like anything i can do just to make some money playing music gigs on the side with the band and then eventually like met interpol maybe we should talk about that that was a funny one. So, yeah, how'd you get fired from, from a band <laughs> like Interpol? Yeah, so how'd you get hired in the first place? So I got hired. Too? So I got hired because out of everyone in my class, I was the only one that was actually interested in pursuing a career in it. And the guy was really cool. He was connected, professor. First, they're gonna send me off to the magic shop. Uh, actually, no, magic shop. No, Electric Ladyland Studios. They're right, gonna send me there first, and they were like, "Oh, we already have too many, but there's the magic shop." And I Googled it. I was like, oh, it's got some cool history. Fine, I'll, I'll go check it out. Interview there. And they're like, yeah, I hope you're cool with this. But like, Interpol's going to be here. And at the time, like, I never really gave a shit about Interpol. Yeah. My friends were really big on them. So I was like, you know, I don't care really. So that's what got me in the door. So it was so what, like, two records in, three records in or something like that? Uh, two records in, yeah. yeah. So this was like the first major label, I think, on their Atlantic or whatever they're on. Yeah. And uh, so everything was going fine. They like to like go from like 6 p.m. to like... 3 a.m. they'd be recording. So I had to sit there Monday through fucking Friday wasting essentially my entire afternoon. And, like, I never really got to do anything like that you would see an engineer do. I'd only be able to go up to the door and, like, take little notes, see what they were doing. Uh, along the way, I got actually pretty cool with the drummer, Sam, and the bassist, Carlos. They actually introduced me to, like, uh, Indian food, which is probably pretty cool. We did a couple things, you know. We partied. That's as far as we'll go with that. But... Um, the reason I got fired was, what's his name? He came, Paul Banks came out, and I hope he hears this. Paul Banks comes out, and he's like, hey man, can you make this coffee for me? I'm like, sure, I'll make it. It was like some Sumatra bullshit, <laughs> Starbucks bitch-ass coffee. And I was like, sure, yeah, I'll make it. And so I make it for him, and then he comes back, and like, oh, it's too strong. I'm like, I'm, like, don't you like need caffeine right now? I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll do it again. So I make it lighter. And then they had the door open, and they were recording uh, a song called uh, Rest My Chemistry. And I was like, oh, man, it's just pretty catchy. And he comes out, and I was going to try to, like, you know, squash the beef. I'm like, hey, man, those lyrics are cool, man. Rest My Chemistry is fucking rad. He's like, oh, thanks. He got really nervous. And then the rest of the night, they were kind of just, like, closed session with the door. So I couldn't really go in there. I was kind of just at my little desk as, like, a receptionist. And the next day, I'm at school fucking bloodshot eyes from being in the studio all night and they call me up like hey man the guy's really nervous they think you're gonna like leak the music blah 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 you're fired and I was like oh wow. fuck and then like dude what a small world there used to be this club out here in like Greenpoint called Studio B it might mm -hmm. still be there um, and this band was playing there and right next to the band room there was like a DJ room and the person that was supposed to DJ there that one night was Paul Banks Right, and so my friend was a DJ as well, and he was opening up for Paul Banks, and I told him the story, and he goes on the fucking microphone before Paul Banks goes up. He's like, "Yo, fuck Paul Banks, it's my boy, my boy Juan right here. He fucking G'd him." 
everybody's like, ah, <laughs> And so we fucking laughed and like, I don't know, I left my stamp there. And then not too long ago, I saw Interpol play. And I was kind of like standing at um, the, the van skateboard place. Yeah, yeah. They offered you a ticket. Yeah, I was kind of waving like this. I'm like, oh, I wonder if this guy recognizes me. Probably fucking hates me. We should have threw like packets of coffee at him. Or coffee should have, man. Fucking Sumatra is fucking. Surprised he didn't leak it right before he, he uh, went up and did his DJ set. So do you have like <laughs> credentials? No. Do, no. do you get like ticks if you hear that song? <laughs> you know, a little, a little bit of an eye twitch. You know, it's not like. By the way, we're gonna put that song. Not that we can. That the, you totally. We, we can. have the rights, but we're gonna put that song in the bed of this whole thing. I mean, technically, <laughs> I should be credited on that song, so I give you the right to put that up. So, I mean, I was there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you felt nervous, maybe we went a different direction too. Exactly. Maybe yeah, inspired totally. me. If that coffee was too strong, that song would never made it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so case in point, times. yeah. So you've never made coffee for anyone since? No, man. All right. Only for myself. I like it. Yeah. Um. So, love to get your opinion on a lot of things. Obviously, you know, in this industry, everything's about data for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but there's the marketing side. There's the product side. Mm-hmm. Uh, different responsibilities. There's a ton of stuff we can cover. Yeah. So maybe we'll start with just getting your reaction to something like big data. <laughs> How big? Which, <laughs> what's big data? What do you think about? What do you think about this? What What I think big data is, what the real big data is, is like the super raw shit. The shit that's yeah. like it's not processed yet. So like you have like Google, right? Like they determine what a, a session is or a page view or like a bounce rate. But like the underlying data, you have to string a lot of different interactions together to do that however someone figured out at some point it's like well like my business doesn't determine a session to be xyz we see it this way because when we see it this way our numbers look different in a way that we can actually start you know predicting what people could do and so that's why now the industry is moving towards like you got to know your sql you got to know your python you got to know your r because the real good data is all super raw and what's interesting is that even though it's like all private data, it's the point I want to bring up before, you have companies like uh, 23andMe, Ancestry and all that. If you think about it, you're like, all right, cool. You go onto the website. I assume they got some decent analytics, but your cookie's exposed at that point. Your cookie, your IP maybe, maybe even your MAC address, which is like the ID of your device. And so from there, let's say you are that one guy. It's like, you know what? I definitely want to subscribe to this. I want to get my blood taken or whatever they do. So you do it. But you have to create like a login, a user ID. So now your cookie is no longer anonymous. Now it's fucking Gary Pesia. Yeah. It's like, oh shit. And then, you know, the kit comes through, swab the fucking cheek or whatever, you send it back. And now they're like, cool, we've actually unpacked your DNA. We know who you are. So now they're like, I got Gary as a cookie who accesses this login through these four devices and I know it's fucking DNA history. So like before, like a lot of the predictive kind of analytic shit was like well you know they went to this part of the website and then this one Poppy likes golf okay we'll serve them up golf shit yeah. and you have the DMPs and like you have companies like Trade Desk are trying to do that programmatically but now you've exposed like literally analog data like blood with digital and now a company like 23andMe or whatever is holding like all the fucking value yeah. right because they're going to be like yo um, Hispanic dude you're going to get diabetes at like 60 
Wow. Right? So they're going to start targeting yeah. like that. So with the cookie situation, I can see like a huge relationship between like a company like Axiom and like all these DNA companies. Because then they're going to take that, they're going to enrich it, and they're going to sell it back to like the advertisers yeah. that want to like target wow. the right people. Yeah. And also now you can, you're like going into like matrix type shit. Yeah. Which is genetic, genetic engineering, obviously, is yeah. we're at the cusp of some huge breakthroughs. So it's it's crazy, right? It's poised. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, and then there's uh, I read this book called um, Everybody Lies. Essentially, this guy does like a huge, a huge like study on like Google, how Google operates, and they actually let him in, and like he had, he had access to all the raw searches, and he was seeing that like what people really feel, what they really think is actually conveyed through their searches, not through what they say, through what they click, is like the real deal shit right. is what people search. And like he found all these correlations that you could argue like, well, it's not causation, but like it's, it's far too, it's far too good to like not believe it. Yeah. Right. And so you have a mega giant like Google collecting people's like real thoughts, right? Yeah. They definitely got your cookies there. They could easily extend an olive branch like, yo, 23 and me. Right. Next thing you know, Google's doing like some next level kind of targeting shit. Do you fear a, like a situation like a minority report at some point where, cause like, you know, if, if, if you're, you're judging people based on their searches, right? And yeah. you can already like pre, the best way to find someone like, who's going to be a, <laughs> a criminal, predetermined who's going to be, you know, this type of person. Yeah. Right? Like, so you can actually start profiling and, in our PC age, right? Like, it, like yeah. that's a kind of, they, that's a scary thought. You can profile yeah. people based on this information. Yeah, they've been doing that shit for a while. So even before, like, social media, because they, they do it now, social media. Yeah. Someone's, like, always listening, like, oh, this guy said this word. He must be a terrorist. And they'll flag you. Before, they were, like, tapping into phone calls no matter what. This is before, like, Prism and all that crazy shit. And they were doing the same thing. They were trying to figure out, like, what are... What's the lexicon of, like, a real terrorist and, like, someone who's just blowing hot air? Right. It was a lot of overlap at first when, like, they started to figure it out. And now you have AI that kind of just does it for you. Like, you still got to tell, you know, artificial intelligence, like, what you're looking for, how to categorize it. But it's doing it over, like, millions and millions of digital records, you know. And the more people become digified in a way, the more exposed they become towards, like, the government or, like people abusing that technology how so when I think about this where do you think it's at right now so I'm, what, I'm, what I'm thinking about for example is mm-hmm. if you looked at my social networks mm-hmm. and the stuff I've searched it doesn't it tells you a lot about me but mm-hmm. not everything so for yeah. example Pinterest I follow a lot of refrigerators why because I used to mm-hmm. uh, be on LG account. And, and, and Home Appliances was part of that, and we did a lot of social media. So I have a lot of, like, legacy stuff that's like, wow, sure. this guy's into, like, hardcore and refrigerators, right? <laughs> <laughs> motorcycles, really big on phones from Verizon, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, if you, you could start sharing data with LinkedIn, you could see, like, where I worked. Where I worked. Yeah. But to me, it's like how, you know, from a lens perspective, there's, like, the big swath. Mm-hmm. You get a folks like what? What's the top thing searched? Or like, yeah, I'm just like wondering like how far down. You know, what I mean, I think there's someone. Someone actually to a point where they're worried about like people who work for a company and try. You know, because there's, there's people who work for companies and right. look at competitors, or look at a potential business. 
that aren't necessarily their interest. Again, like the refrigerator sure, thing. Like sure. Everyone's like yeah. targeting me and Google's all over me for like refrigerators. Yeah, yeah. Like I ran an apartment in New York. I have a refrigerator. Like I'm not a big refrigerator fiend. <laughs> so like <laughs> what I would do, I assume people already do this, would be like with the Google browser. Let's just take the example of Google. It's the easiest one, right? A lot of people use Chrome, right? But you probably use it at work. Yeah. You look up LG, Verizon, and you know, you look up all that shit. But then at some point you go home, right? And you're still logged into Gary and Chrome. You start looking up shit. But now it's real Gary, right? But then right. how do you delineate between fake Gary and real Gary? One example I have for that is I was on the Adobe website and I was like researching some stuff for some client. And there was a big fucking tile that said, hey, AKQA, you would want blah, 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 blah for your service. And I was like, interesting. And so like, I looked behind the scripts and there's a couple of things and it's pointing to like the IP address. Mm-hmm. So if you can, if you have someone that goes through like an IP address, where that came from, be like, oh, Juan works at AKQA. Okay, we need to update our algorithm for anyone else that's in the AKQA network because a lot of their traffic, which is just ignore. And then yep. take into the account the traffic where this IP address, which we suspect is his home, because he tends to access the internet between 7 and like 1 a.m. Then we're going to assume it's right. home. So they filter out all the shit. Or if you're smart, you don't filter it out. You say, okay, cool, I'm going to serve up ads. Because at the end of the day, programmatic is all about getting as many ads out there as possible. You're using that money to shift it around, right. get, it, get it taken up. And so, which is why I... I not a big fan of the ad game. It's a lot of the impressions are bullshit. It's gamed. Yeah. It's gamed. Right? And so as a client, you're like, yeah, I hit my one million impressions yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. like, you so know, half of those are fucking Gary, you know, yeah. just <laughs> researching shit. So, in, in a way, yeah, like, it's a, it's a pretty twisted thing, but you're, you're able to, if you think about it, if you break it apart, you're able to clean up the data as needed. The smart guys say, well, don't get rid of that just because you don't like it. What can we do with that? And then, you know, programmatic people come in like, oh, we'll fucking buy that inventory. Right, right. That, that looks like our target audience. You know, our numbers will go up. Do, do you see the risk of, like, privacy acts and um, control of actually changing this industry? Because, uh, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, the, the simple thing is you can do a, a private browser viewing. And I don't, yeah. I don't know what degree it does it still collect. I mean, I, I don't truly believe that. You still fire off analytics tags yeah. uh, as anonymous. Um, what's, not, what's not getting recorded as anonymous is apparently the data getting sent back to Google. That's about it. Your internet service provider can still get it. At the end of the day, your data goes through the ISP... They collect logs of your shit. Then they send you like, oh, you want to access Google? Cool. They'll point you to Google. So a lot of people are like using VPNs and like trying to work their way around. But uh, what was it called? GDRP? Is that the right term? It started off in like Europe. Mm-hmm. California made their own version of it. Oh, the CCPA Act. Yeah. Yeah. About. Yeah. Um, I, think a, I think it's not going to be, it's going to suck for a little while because a lot of clients are kind of scared of it. Um, two reasons. One, hackers, people getting like more and more ingrained with learning code. They're teaching code in like school now, in high schools and all that. Uh, and then the second one, just being like, just, they just react like, oh shit, like GDRP, we have to put this thing up. So now every website you see is like, hey, we use cookies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the dumb ones are like, you can opt out right now. However, you don't necessarily have to opt out. You could just say, 
by you continuing to use this website, yeah, which literally means a scroll, you're good to go. We're homies, and that's it. And it'll go away. As long as you have some notification that says yeah. we're tracking your cookie, you're good. So you don't have to opt in. You don't have to opt out for now. Um, if they did do that, like full extent, like you can't track people all the way, I, I don't see it happening. There's too much interest from like media dollars and like everyone would fail. They're not going to let that happen. And well, then, But you can still do some pretty highly educated guesses just based off IP. You can say, cool, we don't know it's Harvey anymore, but we see that this IP address loves soccer stuff, does this, does that, this device tends to go here, tends to go there, connected to these things, likes to go to these different locations. That still gets you pretty good. Like, you don't have to be, like, a super genius to make a, a, a strong guess of, like, what would be the right thing to do for, from, like, a business perspective. So with this overload of information and data, right, uh, it's like, it sounds like more and more so you're relying on AI um, in order to yeah. process this information, right? It is that way. Yeah. I think the confusion with AI is um, my business doesn't need AI. It's like, well, yeah, like, tell me, like, well, you know, we have analysts, we have this, we have that. But like the purpose of AI, at least for now, is like automating the crunching making like informed guesses is like if I give you this word what category does that fall into based on all this other shit I taught you and so it gets better and better and so we're kind of using it like glorified scripts mm-hmm. you know you write scripts it does shit for you over and over it doesn't complain this is like a little bit more intelligent the people that are going to take it to the next level are like the like the Teslas you know they're like they're taking like geometric 3D shit and they're like oh something's coming my way like that doesn't look that crazy until you look at the data and it's like terabytes and terabytes of data. There's like 3D data, like mm-hmm. 2D data, like the data behind the data and then all that, like the real big, big data type shit. Um, and that's kind of scary too because if someone hacks that shit, if, like a, if you overload all that data, that means everyone is in on that game connected in some way. So if someone were to hack that shit, they could do some serious damage. Right? Imagine tomorrow we all have like Teslas. Tesla's like the new Ford. And someone hacks that network. Yeah. It's fucked, right? So in a way, like companies like Tesla or someone would have to make like a government Tesla. Something where it's like you have hundreds and hundreds of people just like eyeballing, making sure no one's hacking that shit. Yeah. Because it becomes infrastructure at that point. They did it to five uh, G. Well they did oh, yeah, that's a big right. Yeah. I think Jeep. Couple years ago, four or five years ago, some hacker exposed that you can go through like their like through a computer wirelessly through like some hole in like the infotainment thing or whatever through Chrysler products or whatever that they could like stop the car. Oh fuck! And it was that's scary. They like took over because everything is automated, right? Even like yeah, you know, there's no um, you know, there's there's no like physical between the gas like any most cars now there's like no actual physical connection to the gas pedal or not it's all electronic right so you can control it all there's like no manual like overrides so I rented an Audi from Silvercar first time I ever drove an Audi fucking loved it Um, I noticed that as soon as you put the car in park the whole car just stops yeah completely however if you quickly put it into drive it's ready to go the whole thing is controlled electronically it's crazy yeah um Uh, 
By the way, you can they can totally hack cars. They make these like, you know those things they uh, those like audio microphones they have at uh, at like football fucking shits like yeah. The directional microphones. The directional microphones, yeah. You could fucking directionally microphone intercept someone's RFID between their, like, car key thingy and, like, the car itself. And so, in the same way, it's like, um, it's like duplicating, like, a car, like a shady ATM, right? They get the right numbers, they can buy, like, the module, the little fob key, insert the same number as the the ID, and you just go up to it, unlock it, turn it on, get the fuck out of there. It's crazy. Well, this, like, is a, this is a whole other podcast we're gonna have to do. It is, but like, <laughs> like the the new police right. cops are gonna have to be like hackers, like yeah. really good fucking developers. So speaking of that, um, and what we were just talking about AI, what would you recommend? Again, like your 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 central right to a to a great amount of opportunity in your profession, mm-hmm. your profession of what you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously, as time progresses, like you were saying, AI is going to do what junior analysts do now, right? Yeah. Um, so it's going to be more and more of to, you know, what I think a lot of people, clients and coworkers and former coworkers alike, respect about you is the fact that you just, you're able to bring a lens to how to approach things, interpret things, and right. how to move forward. Yeah. Um, what would your recommendation be for younger people who wanted to get the data, knowing that yeah. as time progresses, yeah. right? Like AI is going to take up a lot of that crunching. So mm-hmm. then, how? Do you, what's your on ramp then? Yeah. Like, and, and furthermore, it's like different disciplines are now like encroaching upon like pure analytics. And yeah. That's a, that's a separate topic in itself. Where yeah, yeah, like you know, anyone that's like a, a senior level of marketing is expected to be able to distill um, analytic information. Product managers are now expected to do Mm -hmm. that type of work so um where do you see like you know someone that comes from a pure analytical background um existing in that in this future i think the big gap that's always existed and far and few people do it is what gary just said like the people that are able to take that number and say like here's why it's relevant to your business here's what it means this is your objective therefore this number needs to improve and then working with the teams like all right here's a brief for you. Like, how do we solve this number knowing these certain things? Um, because to your point, like AI is taking over a lot of like the junior analyst shit. Like you already have it in Google analytics. Like as soon as you log into Google analytics as an analyst, a little pop-up comes up like notification. Here's some insight. It's not really an insight. It's kind of just like bounce rate went down 3% on this page, but like you can tell they're getting there right. at some point. It's going to be like went down on your new page. When you inserted this CTA on this day, this was the audience segmentation that we found. So they're getting there, but like it's only just serving you up all that. So there's going to be a wealth of information. If anything, my advice to the young guys would be like, think of it more from like the consulting side and start to think about like, I have a shit ton of information. All of it is going to be relevant. What parts are connected together that form one idea and which parts aren't? And then how do they all string together? And that's like the insight part, right? I would also say learn code because sometimes you might not be able to trust what Google tells you. And the example I gave before, like people calculate sessions differently in different industries. I count a session at least 10 seconds on a site. Other people count a session at least four pages deep. And so you're gonna have to be able to like unpack that or someone gives you like really shitty data, like a text file, you have to convert it into like Excel or something. Like you need to be able to do that shit. You need to be able to manipulate 
think you also need to be flexible. You also need to know how to like, I think in some way, like not be afraid to dip your toe in the creative space or the UX space or the PM space. Cause like at the end of the day, like if you're working on something like product, like you gotta kind of need to understand each other in some way to move the fucking behemoth of a product forward. You can't just be in your fucking bubble. Like, but the data says this. Yeah. It's like, no man, but the fucking creative vision says that. If these things don't align and the client doesn't want, it's not going to fucking work. Like, yep. how do we make it work, right? Do, do you believe that there needs to be um, a separation of church and state when it comes to data or mm-hmm. data? Um, and essentially, um, you know, a, a hypothesis. Because, like, in a scientific method, yeah. right, you can technically take any data you want to prove a point. So it goes back to even, like, you know, we're talking about product managers, we're yeah. talking about marketing managers, right? If your point is X and you need all these data points in order to prove that, mm-hmm. is that really true? Is it really right? Because obviously you can manipulate. I mean, sure. we, we see it in our elections, we see it in government, we see it yeah. all the time, right? Um, is there a need to like actually separate like data first mm-hmm. and then you know hypotheses, decision-making, like, and actually formulate a process of, of you know evaluating this? Because if you flip it all the, way around, yeah. the other way around where the hypothesis comes first, mm-hmm. The data is no longer pure. It can be manipulated to any point you need. It could, but I, I think that's why you need the human element of it, right? Why AI can't just be AI on its own. Like, you need someone to interpret it. Like, data, data is there to help you get informed, but it's never going to tell you every single possible thing, right? It, unless we were, like, in the Matrix, and, like, they knew I was, like, bending my finger right now or some shit. Like, if they have a data point on Maybe any we are possible Matrix. Things, Maybe we are. If, if they had a data point on every possible thing, then yes, it would make sense. Like, your hypothesis is bullshit until we figure out first what the data says and then we make hypotheses. Um, I, don't, I don't think... I think you still need the human aspect of it because at the end of the day, there's still a qualitative lens to how people perceive things that you just don't have data on. Right? Like, your favorite brand. You know, like, do you think Nielsen knows about you... Like, you as your personal favorite brand or just going to make assumptions based off of, like, statistics, which, you know, statistics will get you there. Like, Harvey is kind of like this guy or these people might be like Harvey, but it's never going to be exact. And I think that wiggle room, I think, is what makes it interesting for analysts, especially working on product. Like, oh, like, fuck it. Like, let's test the hypothesis, right? Mm -hmm. Let's push in in the unknown direction, which then gets the creative people excited. Right? And if you don't have that, you kind of don't have agencies no more. It's like, fuck it. Just let robots take over. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get like really cookie-cutter CTA-type shit. Imagine it was so fucking good that your entire life was fucking scripted. Can you, you imagine that? You like, have no decision-making whatsoever. Like, Sounds from, like a dream for some people. From, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but like you want to be locked in that kind of shit. You know? Right. Blue pill or red pill? Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. That's kind of where we're going in a way, right? I mean, it is interesting, right? You guys hear about, like, simulation theory and, like... So, all right. Yeah, quick. explain. Break it down. No, no real, real quick. At highest level. So, a lot of things in life can be explained through math, right? Like, very, very well. Fucking crazy. The fact that you can do statistics, you can compare... You can literally compare an apple and an orange when you normalize the data, which basically means you put it on the same fucking curve. Right. Right? Completely different fucking fruits, but you can compare them in different ways anyway. Um, but, see, but because of all this, there's a lot of speculation around, like, well, like, what would it take if we can 
apply some kind of data to everything. What would it take to simulate our world? And you can compute that. It'd be like, oh, it'd be a computer like this or something like that. And we can do the opposite. We can program our own simulations for like The Sims type shit. And so it's a bit scary in a way because it's like, well, you know, am I really in charge of these decisions or am I not? Right. You know, like, is it all scripted already? But we've been asking that question since the dawn of man. I mean, you'll never, you'll, you'll probably, you won't know unless, you actually might know, like, the place we're in right now, we're making video games, like, really, really fucking, well, not realistic, but close. We're, we're pushing in the right direction. Um, Some of the latest things I saw, I think it was the Unreal Engine, it's crazy looking, it looks like a photo. Mm -hmm. So, like, someone walking through an apartment, it looks like a, like this. Right. You know, he's like, yeah, that took like a billion computers, but you know, ten years from now, it might take one that can actually be in your home. You can play it. Mm-hmm. So we're not too far from like simulating the real world. Black Mirror did something funny with that, where the guy was like in the video game, but then he realized he's like four video games deep, like in four different worlds. Oh, deep. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, one. it's interesting. It's like it's an interesting question, right? Because to me, it goes back to a super old, simplistic thing that I ran into. Uh, when I used to work uh, with my clients was the U.S. Postal Service. Very mm-hmm. simplistic old school terms, but I think it applies. Whereas old school mail, right? Mm-hmm. Junk mail. I hate junk mail. Well, you only call it or hate junk mail when it's not targeted towards you. Right? Yeah, yeah we just call it mail. We call it mail, yeah. right? Yeah. So if I'm into motorcycles and... You know, and in triumph, or a third party sends me something, and I'm like, oh wow, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, I, right? Yeah. Then it's not junk mail. They sent the Harveys, they're like, why are they send me motorcycle shit? Right. Junk mail, right? So it go, So it's interesting when you, to me, it's like a very simplistic example of mm-hmm. what you're talking about, because it's like taking it all the way to the simulation level. Yeah. I don't know if that makes you happy. None of us inherently want to know that our. Our destiny is predetermined. Well, yeah. maybe some people do, I guess. But, right. but at the same time, if that makes you happy that like they're hitting all the desires or targets that you want, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's also like an interesting concept like, that you're seeing, like with the twenty three and Me thing, right? Yeah. Where it's just like you have to be careful about giving that as a gift mm-hmm. because some people don't want to know that they're they're yeah. you know, they're predis. They, they have the ability or not they have the chance of actually having a heart attack by the time they're 40 right or and freak out about that and always right. constantly be thinking about that right so it's like now it, it comes to uh, are we going to enter a society where it's like we want information about ourselves we want things automated or we don't mm-hmm. and is it going to be clear cut then they find out that you predisposition but they can determine your personality so all of a sudden yeah. you might start getting like crazy Vegas deals so they may predetermine <laughs> your personality is like fuck it, tequila, right? right? So they might be like, "This guy, I know from the data set how he he thinks." Right. So all of a sudden, Vegas is like, "Boom, right. come on out!" <laughs> He's gonna be go big out around this time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go show. big. <laughs> and yes, but someone's gonna figure out. Be like, "Yeah, that that works cool," but like. Fuck it! I'm gonna make a simulator where I can send Harvey there. He's gonna feel everything. He's gonna feel the well, boom. That's a fucking poker chips and. Crazy next level type shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm already, I, I already enjoy it with FIFA these days. Even <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like I some people like it, more. some people don't. You know, like yeah. I, I'm Remu- a little removes all humidity. I might be into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking hot as balls out 
It's raining now, right? Yeah. It's coming down. Um, do, do you see it, like, within the industry right now, especially, like, from an analytics standpoint in the ad industry or mm-hmm. the, the digital agency industry, right? Um, do you see a lot of that work disappearing to client side because, like, more and more so clients are... Um, they want full charge of that, but, yeah. like, is it also being... Is the discipline itself being represented in the correct way? I think that I think that the the role of analysts, similar like business analysts, is going into the client side. Yeah. One of them being because of like GDRP and just like people having this like irrational fear of like I'm gonna get hacked and this and that and all this crazy shit. Um, but like, do you think? Because um, like. Most of the time when, when I'm working from a client-side standpoint, it's mm-hmm. about the consumption mm-hmm. of this information, right? But mm-hmm. as, you know, you're figuring out, like, you know, new ways of tracking and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. it, it seems to be there's not as much of a focus on the actual tracking infrastructure think, and the ways that that's yeah, being set up. Right? I think everyone wants to do, like, big data, and, like, they hire, like, these big companies like Oracle and all that, and, like, their data is shit. Like, they haven't... Like, this is where, like, you still need to put your strategic hat on. Like, all right, what kind of data do we want to collect and why? Like, we got to start with that first. And, like, it all starts on paper before you even code anything. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's just, like, rushing to get, like, the next big thing and be like, yeah, fucking, I totally have Oracle and, you know, we have Hive SQL and, you know, we do all this shit. You know, like, I think if anyone's doing it right, it's probably, like, FinTech. They've been doing it for a while. They've made their mistakes and they're figuring it out they are just using it for finance so if they applied it if, if fintech tomorrow just became like an ad agency they'd fucking kill it because they've been doing it for so long so is that the the proper approach for agencies that are trying to figure out how to sell their analytics teams right to the, the clients so it's, it's yeah. no longer about reading the data it's about figuring out about the future it, right about it is, setting up it is right? Case, and, right and that puts us like at the beginning of everything which unfortunately you don't touch data right you're, you're at the point where you're saying like this is the kind of data we're going to need. We're going to use these systems. We recommend these things. And maybe you'll get to implement it. And that's where it gets great because it's like, you can't touch our data. Like, it's fucking, you know, it's risky. And so, like, like everything in the agency world has moved towards, like, consulting. Very much like we're, we're relying on you and your experience to tell us what is the right way to move. But we're going to move. We're going to connect all the dots together. And... I think where it gets risky there, at least for the client, is just like the the level of experience isn't there. Right. You know, they're they're trying to get all these like big requirement type shit, but like at the end of the day, it's like most of them just aren't there. With the exception of like the tech companies, they they tend to hire the, the right people. But you know, like there's a reason why a lot of these companies come back and say, "Hey man, can you do my creative? We kind of fucked it up." They're like, "Hey man, uh, we heard you guys do some decent analytics. We 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 don't know how our, how to read our data." And then you look under the hood and like. What's like? What's your business about? It's about this, man. This shit is not set up right. Like you have like a, it's like a car, right? You have a fucking drifting car for like an endurance race. <laughs> like this is not right. right. Like you were set up completely <laughs> wrong. Wrong tires, like everything. You right. Know? And so, I think the the angle, I think which most companies are moving towards now, and they're they're competing now against like your Accentures and your McKinsey's and all that. The challenge is McKinsey's been doing it for a while. You know, all those guys have been doing it for a while, and we're trying to come in now, like, yeah, we know how to do it. We're super fucking digital. 
but then they, they fucking throw the fastball like yeah but how many big companies have you actually worked for how many big things have you done and there's not many agencies that can say like we went beyond advertising yeah, yeah I mean we we here got lucky with like the Verizon work which I thought was pretty fucking cool very transformative but that's kind of it you know <laughs> like we need more. So what is your opinion? So with that said, right, because you have you have two factors there, right? Yeah. You have a historical, which is in, in, in any industry, really, right? Mm-hmm. There is the people that say, you know what? Look at our patch. Look at our quilt work of logos, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Look, we worked with big blue chips. Mm-hmm. We've been there. This is a secure bet. Right. Although... Uh, who knows? You might get the C team, not the A team yeah. that pitches it. You might. Mm-hmm. It, it, so what? You've worked with companies for X amount of time. The mm-hmm. industry is changing so fast. Mm-hmm. Your methodologies might be outdated. So sure, you might feel com- comfortable with that quilt logo of quilt. Yeah. Logo quilt quilt logo. <laughs> um, actually, I think everyone like LinkedIn should have that as like a Christmas gift, like taking all the clients you work for and send you like a quilt. All the clients you've worked on, exactly. And all the agencies, um, you could just wear it like a shirt, like you're in NASCAR. That's pretty cool. <laughs> exactly, right? Like politicians should put their <laughs> endorsements. Um, how? So then, or you have say the young upstart, yeah, that is like on top of it, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. knows what's happening right now, but obviously from a client side, well, that's a bigger risk. Mm-hmm. How do they know what's going on? So. From your seat and your position, mm-hmm. how, how do you view or approach that? Like, so what's your thoughts that's on that? That's a tough one. Like, if I put myself... I think I had to put myself in the client's shoes first. Like, brand new little agency on top of their shit. Probably cheaper, right? But doesn't have at least a perceived experience. That said, though, you have control over the entire team, right? Especially if you're a big fucking brand. Um, bigger agencies, though, like to your point, you might get the C team or whatever. I think at the same time, like, I think our industry hasn't been fully honest in like what we actually did for clients. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that across all the agencies I worked on. Like, yeah, we did their transformation. And you dig deeper, like, oh, you just did the ads. You didn't actually right. do transformation. You know? Um, I think for clients, I think what they need to do is what they were doing, like, in the early 2000s like I think they got to poach the right people from the agency side not as like practitioners but as like consultants in a way where they can be like this agency is bullshit these guys are new but they got good people there you might want to take them and I think it's just like any bet right you, you do a calculated risk you, like a stock guy you, you diversify your portfolio of agencies but you got to do it right the problem is that most of the guys making these decisions are just like guys that have been at companies like forever yeah. Don't know shit about like these. Doesn't know shit about analytics, but wants to do this. Doesn't know shit about this, wants to do that. Yeah. It, it needs to be like someone who's actually been there. So has done that. So you're saying that like it makes approach. sense to actually have a middle layer between clients and agencies in order to validate, right? Because like yeah. it's a it's but a very but, common but, thing. But being on the client side, though. yes, on the client exactly. side, it's needs right because yeah. like like you know, similar experience in the agency world, it's like, it's very common that you see like, you know, big agencies with a bigger name using that brand to win work. Yeah. And then you win the work and it becomes like, oh, the 50% of the team is staff freelancers that 
are not fully vetted, right? Right, that are just like bodies filling seats. Yeah, I, right? I think there's that, and there's also like just being realistic with timing. Like I, I know from like the being on the client side, where it's like, well, I can't tell my boss like we can't launch on this month. We have to launch on this one. I honestly sometimes want to rip my hair out and be like, dude, it's impossible. Looking yeah. at the fucking data, you just do yourself a favor. Mm-hmm. You'll save your headaches later. Just fucking, I'll help you with data. Tell them that you should push for later. Yeah. Because everyone's gonna benefit. The agency will get the right people. We'll get the right PMs on the client side. We'll we'll move things in the right way. But I think like the dude at the top, hella misinformed, just there because he's old school, is fucking everything up. You know, he's fucking it up for everybody. I think there's a way to coexist, like the good old days, between like agencies and uh, client side. Because they're trying to get an analyst, they're trying to get all these different roles, but like their their requirements are so high, they're, they don't even know why it's that high, you know. So they're missing out on good people, and that's why I think you need that one person. It, maybe it's agency relations, but agency relations who actually has agency experience. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, not just pushing paper. Around, not right? just push. Not just being like, hey man, like these numbers don't add up or whatever. Like, so we're so with that said, do you see? most of what you do going client side? I think it is. I think it is unless unless it's like a, a contract like purely analytics but like agencies aren't looking for that. You know, there, there's probably a lot of work out there. It's like, hey man, we need like we need to contract some analysts to fucking crunch this fucking data hardcore and there's a couple little new like analytics only data science only agencies coming up who started fucking gobble up work. But all the other agencies are just like, nah, we just want to look at, you know, business transformation projects. Okay, but like, it's a huge foundation of data under that. Yeah. They're kind of just like, no, but it's creative. And we so do you good. think that will handicap agencies? I mean, obviously, our experience all working together, it was, mm-hmm. it was so crucial in transforming that, that Verizon work mm-hmm. to have the capability in-house and you on point uh, working on that uh, to help the creative team, help the ideation do you think that puts agencies like a digital agency at a disadvantage that that now is all client side? Yeah, I, I think that the inspiration for a creative is not going to be there unless you have a really fucking awesome ECD because like, you know, as a creative, if I come to you and say, hey, dude, these are the opportunity areas. If you hit on these things, your shit's going to fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. Would you rather know that or not know the fucking war you're going into? Yeah. You know? And, like, I, I think what sucks is, like, the control that these clients, like, people want to have is ruining the creative talent on the agency yeah. side. Because you're, you're not using the data. You think your shit's already better than this. You haven't even, like, asked for a second opinion. And, like, they're trying to bring a lot of people in, but they're bringing a lot of rookies in. Just have, like, really long education yeah. you know it seems to me that it's it's but they're, they're it seems need to it. me the internal gets used to what you need to report on because of the business cycle mm-hmm. the needs of management mm-hmm. but it's hard and, and, and again this ain't necessarily against anyone personally it's just the kind of like the, the, the culture machine it's, it's that someone's bureaucracy. in. It's a bureaucracy that they're it, in. I get it. How, how to think differently to, to identify white space, right? Like that, yeah. to me, is the thing. Because if you're internally in analytics at a, at a company, you're hitting 
there's certain things you have to report on yeah. for certain business reasons and a certain business cycle. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to do that and do that full time mm-hmm. and also have the ability to identify white space mm-hmm. yeah. opportunity, right? And that and that's the piece that's so more. crucial to how do you move the, the needle forward. Yeah, even not more. incremental, not not the tweaks, but truly yeah. I, but it's also control too, right? Because you have to sell that through. Like, you have to sell that through. But it, it. It's really hard. Like even us working with Verizon, like it was a really hard time trying to be like, yes, yeah, so you're gonna need analytics. Like no, 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 we have our own internal stuff. Like cool, but like, like Gary said, like the internal guys are very focused on a like specific set of things. Everybody's super specialized, and it goes back to like you gotta like pick your head up a little bit. And like that guy that's super specialized to work on this project, like you can't expect that guy to pick his head up. And like spend some time working on this, he's yeah. gonna be like super busy. He's, he's not gonna have time. It's unreasonable. Yeah, like a small version of that is like every, like every time I've ever worked on a site, I remember like the minute a tag plan is submitted, developers would just freak out. It's like this is gonna blow out our entire deadline, right? Because like obviously yeah. it's like <laughs> something that a lot of people don't really consider. Right. Like that's that's, that's an afterthought. That's, that's the first thing to get moved at a launch, which blows people's campaign-wise, right? It is. Blows it is. people's minds. Well, that's the first thing you take off the docket. It's like, you spent all this money. That's- you got to measure the fucking thing. You, know? like, uh, you can't just send it out there. The interesting thing about that is, like, if you're an analytics person who has coding background, you could you could help fill that gap. Right. Like, okay, you guys, you guys don't have time to do it. I'll fucking do all it. All that stuff, yeah. mm-hmm. But then you have friction between, like, analytics and internal tech, and it's like... Yeah, but is your coding skills good enough? I'm like, dude, you don't even know about analytics. Like, we're on the same page here. It's okay. Like, we can fucking figure it out. And so, like, you're gonna slow it goes back. Time. It goes <laughs> back to charge. That's, that's what they think. Asynchronous, though. Yeah, right, it, yeah. There's a lot of education that analytics needs to do. I think on the client side that we haven't essentially like pushed through enough. Like, a few clients are here. Like, yeah, one's cool, this and that. But like, the organization hasn't heard it. Like, they need more people that are, like, kind of flexible and be able to run around and be like, hey, man, here's the bigger picture. The one thing you said earlier that I I thought a lot about, I thought was, um, you know, a super great insight. You you know, you were referring to, you know, what's a session? Sessions are different to different people, right? Yeah. And I think especially when it comes to analytics data, but I think as a whole, everything that we're doing, having, like upfront in an engagement mm-hmm. a alignment on terms mm-hmm. and now obviously you need like a goal the project yeah. and you need that north star right. you may you gotta make sure that's aligned down but even the nuts and bolts to your mm-hmm. point earlier about the sessions mm-hmm. you know you almost need an alignment of like here's how we we're gonna here's the terms that we use mm-hmm. and here's what we mean by these yeah and make sure we're all online. Oh, oh, wow. We call sessions this. Okay. Yeah. Flag. Like, <laughs> we have to get aligned here. Uh, right? That, like, that's, yeah. that's what we call the success framework. Yeah. You know, that, that's, the, that's the, the session where it's like, okay, guys, you, you pull in all the different stakeholders. Like, hey, what do you think the KPI is? Is like, bounce rate. I'm like, that's not a KPI, dude. Yeah. But you got to hear it. To but I mean, even like, fundamentally, picture. just the terms. Yeah. I mean, even. like, fundamentally, even like... It, like, you know, role definition is, is a challenge in a lot of places that I, I've noticed. Right? Like, you know, what what does an analyst do, right? Oh, yeah. What, what on the, the product, product side. Do? What's a product? I love it. Do? I ask a lot of people. They're like, uh, 
tag. I'm like, no, nah, there's, there's a lot before, there's a lot after. Like, you clearly don't see it. I think not a lot of people see it. I think it goes for every role, right? Every role has that, especially on product. On campaigns, it's like obvious. Oh, yeah. Uh, creative creates and copy copies and PMs make sure everything moves forward. Copy copies. Copy copies and like. That's plagiarism. I'm, yeah, I, I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm actually thinking about like, what does a UX person do for a campaign? Um, as an ad not like okay they land on this web page and then we'll take them there I mean that's what I understand from <laughs> an ad perspective from but. the ad perspective it's a little different though unless you want to string multiple ads together which might be the name of the game in the future when you're okay with like they clicked on my ad they didn't convert yet yeah. and it's fine because in this CX journey which everyone wants to do now know your customer it's going to take at least four display ads in this sequence before we see any result. What I found interesting was I saw um, a headline about an agency, a digital agency, um, hiring, I forget the exact title, but they hired basically their head of customer experience. Interesting. Not UX. Okay. Right? So a lot of companies obviously mm-hmm. are, are, are changing their model to be obviously CX focused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is a digital agency. They took someone that was like, this is our head of customer experience. Now, how does that fold out? You can imagine, right? As far as, okay, you have a head of customer experience. Yeah. Is that your spearhead now to talk to companies about, okay, you need an underbelly of analytics so it's like this in order to accomplish this goal, right? That was interesting because it's, you see on the client side, it's the first time I saw an agency Hire a head of customer experience. Yeah, but I think it makes sense as far as how to how for an agency to engage in that new world. I think, I think it's right. It's valid because I think a lot of the, the successful work that we've been able to do has always been CX focus and like the challenge for analytics is like what where is the data at stage one? I mean, what does it mean? And what data should we be looking for? What data do we have to create? in order to do personalization or to inform creative. And so I think as a head of like an agency, it'd be very interesting that there'd be more CX-focused people. Yeah. Because that's really what we're hired for. Like, I need to get more customers into whatever. Yeah. And the old diatribe of, from a digital agency perspective, it's the marketing or it's the the product. Mm -hmm. Well, no. It's the customer experience. Yeah. It's, right? it's the, that that, that's the trinity right there. Right. It, it, they just always forget about that because they're. I think the problem is it's, it's unfair. You got to hit these goals. You got to get you know one billion impressions. It's like meaningless impressions or any impressions because I, yeah. I know a lot of agencies that yeah. cover it like that. I give yeah. them a bonus and next thing you know the product still sucks. You yeah. see a lot of billboards you know, like, out in the desert. I don't know how many people see them. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But like, you know, how do you make that better? I think it starts with having like, having someone champion like, and say, that's bullshit. This is what we need to start with or or get to at least. And then everyone can work together and figure it out. But the customer. I I think that that age, I think it was a great hire for that agency. I think it makes sense. And it it makes me think about, should that be a fundamental agency? Yeah, because the, the, those metrics are changing now, right? Like, it's no longer... Um, every Everything that's digital, everything that's a product goes back to <clears throat> that fundamental 
like it's customer experience. It's customer brand. Experience, yeah. You got to tell the story of the brand. You can't lose that storytelling. Right. That's very important. It's, Don't like belittle that. It's very important. But but you got to have. You need customer experience agencies. Do you do you feel like it's like part of the reason that hasn't happened as much is because the metrics that we're observing are very short term and not long term enough. It's a good point. I, I was just about to say like. I think the majority of the things that we're at a task to focus on or we think we have to focus on is like what we think the customer journey is today is like oh yeah like the random person the awareness consideration conversion yeah. it kind of stops there however i think what people forget is that like post conversion yeah. what is actually happening after the fact and i think that's where most companies are failing and they're in and, and and we all For know it's easier to convert someone who's been converted. Exactly. And so they, they don't reach out to like the agency or actually that hasn't been an agency really that can say like, yo, we help them retain blah, 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 blah at scale. Not like a little CRM program I'm talking exactly. about like at scale. And so that's where like the consultative route comes in. A lot of consultations like long-term type shit. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so like I think what agencies for the most part think is the customer life cycle just getting into the conversion and I think we've been groomed in a way of like we build you this awesome product we, te- we teach you how to use it and we get the fuck out because we know you don't want us and we'll move this way I think that's yeah. the problem it's like we just say we know you don't want us I think we need to say like let us continue helping you because this is like just halfway through the journey yeah. but it all goes back to to me it all goes back to not what you see is what's called as branding agencies now, but a, the what should be a branding agency, right? A branding agency is what do you stand for? What's, what's your story? Mm-hmm. And all the things we deal with in a digital agency should be the foundation of that, right? So, for example, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk has talked about this, right? Like, his hypothesis, which I, I agree with, like, a lot of brands will probably have... Um, head of content yeah an executive role mm-hmm. and as more things say for ex- just one example as more things go to voice well what is that voice how does if you do voice interactions what does your voice sound like yeah. no one ever concentrated on from a brand perspective why because your short term goals in a current structure of the customer experience yeah so to me, like a branding agency today should be concentrating on those core fundamentals of what a brand agency does. Right. But then how do you deliver and tie in all of the things we work with from like a digital perspective? Because yeah. you need you need the holistic picture. Mm-hmm. Do you think, tie back to that. Do you think some of the challenges are because of the clients? Like, because I've, you know, I've worked with clients where a lot of the goals for a lot of the managers, a lot of the directors, mm-hmm. a lot of their yeah, C-level it's, it's their personal goals. It's are not like very, their business very goals. short-term goals, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's tied to bonus structures. It's tied to like if I hit this goal, yeah. which is like a lot easier than thinking about a holistic long-term goal. So, but if you can create a construct, and obviously there's a lot that goes yeah. into this, right? There's a yeah. lot. Yeah. How much time do you charge? Do you not? If you create a construct where you're like, listen, you gotta hit that short-term goal, fine. But how does that short-term goal fit into like the bigger picture? 
than where you need to be. Because we have to be realistic. Obviously, yeah. everyone, not everyone's going to hire an agency to like, oh, here's a big plan. But it's it's kind of tough. Like I, I could imagine a person going in, getting all the executives in the room, like, listen, guys, this is how it's all going to work out. So everybody wins. You're not going to win in the short term, but you're going to win massively in the long term. And here's how we're going to have to structure it. If you don't structure it this way, it's going to be chaos, and it's going to be like you never even hired us. Yeah, that's why we're here. But you can do. You can try. Yeah, you can, can try that as well. I mean, you, you know, can do short. Yeah, you can do a short term version of that. But I think at the end of the day, like they're all groomed to be like, I got to hit on these goals. Yeah. Well, they're groomed, which, they're which compromises sometimes the product or the campaign you're trying to do. But it, it's grooming through compensation. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. is it is it like cha- talking about a different structure of compensation where, you know, um, as, as a PM, I've I've had these scenarios where I'm working with biz dev teams and their only metric is to sell. Mm-hmm. By hell or high water, it doesn't mean they have to make a profit. Yeah, it's sell. As long as they sell, right? And they get they get their commission up front off the sale, right? Mm-hmm. But if they sold something that is three million dollars and they sold it for one five, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They got their commission. They're long gone. Yeah. As someone who's delivering that project, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to deliver it. for one five. Exactly. It's a three million dollar project. Right. Oh, company takes a loss, right? Yeah. One way of maybe fixing that is you have money in the holdings or it's you know it's like it's profit off or you get a commission off of the actual profit I mean, of the project itself which is a longer term play and then you have your other problems where your biz dev people are going to pretty much not want to work for that I company don't, I right? don't There's the, 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 that whole it's not age old but they've been talking about it for years the whole compensation based on performance it's an account lead nice and you cut and what we would do for is in digital and mm-hmm. I would never sign up for that unless it was head to tail very clear on responsibilities and who's at fault I mean you almost need lawyers for that yeah you know what I mean like yeah. in a law you know I mean sure simplic- simplicity if it's a small little company or whatever you could probably mm-hmm. do that very easily but once you start getting to the large companies to me, that's a whole other realm, you know. I uh, so so the question is like, what is the sell for something like that, right? Because it's like obviously we're mentioning like the short term thinking is tied to these compensation structures, but it's also hindering, you know, quality work. Sure, yeah. I, I I'm I'm a very firm believer of like yin yang type stuff. I think from the client side, they definitely need to like come down to realization. And actually own up to like the fucking brand and what if you work at a brand so you probably have to believe in the product to some extent if you don't you gotta get the fuck out of there right because the people that don't really believe it fuck it I'm just gonna sell this shit you don't belong there that's the fucking problem if everyone there could become a little bit more realistic and like learn to work together and kind of avoid that whole like yeah. um, performance performance bonus stuff then there's there's a way from the agency side I think it's more I think in a way we gotta, gotta take our heads up our ass and like be like oh we're the shit we're the shit like if we were the shit we'd be penetrating that business we'd be doing a lot more if we were the shit right. we're clearly not the shit so I think we need we need to be more humble we need to be more open minded and learn to work within the frameworks of the clients their, their bureaucracies on the flip side they gotta help us break down that bureaucracy because at the end of the day we can all thrive together there's a way to do it but it's just not I feel like right now we're like polarized as fuck they want so, to do one thing, they want to do another thing. So, with that said, mm-hmm. 
what is your advice for people to get into that? So again, like what I think, um, you know, huge kudos to you and what you're known for is you're able to have that wider picture, mm-hmm. right? And, and understand that. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is your advice for those like coming up to get there? Right. Cause it's so easy to me and this yeah. could be completely, completely wrong and biased especially in your discipline, it seems very easy to be siloed, right? Yep. Um, and not understand that bigger picture. How, you know, what, what are your pointers for, for, you know, navigating those waters? Because again, like you said, the consultant model understanding all of yeah. the complexities it's, of a client and what you're trying to achieve is, is really where the opportunity is going forward. Yeah. Especially with AI. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's like telling yourself, like, look, man, you're not, you're not the shit. You're not the shit as an analyst. Step one. Step you're one. not the shit. Step one, you're not the I like this. This is like Gary Vaynerchuk type shit right here. Step one, you're not the shit. Step two. Step one. You're not the shit. <laughs> you're not the shit. Step two, you open a beer and you chill. And you got to talk to people. I, I honestly feel that I think what's helped me, mm-hmm. at least at AKQA, AKQA being a smaller agency, I was exposed have to talk to some people right I had to do it and so like before then I never fucking talked to creative or whatever it's just like yo man my, my data says this my data says that but like I think when you talk to other people in the team even on the client side they open you up to different interpretations as well as different things you might want to look into right because from the analyst standpoint you're just like well my number went up my number went down a good analyst will be like, well, it went down because this and that. A really good analyst is going to be like, well, these are the considerations of the business. This is not. And you start to you start to investigate what someone else had asked you. Like, well, my business is about this, 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 and that. Like, okay. Oh, shit. The numbers actually tell me a totally different story now. Yeah. Totally different. Six. And this actually has extracted some real meaningful insights. Not like some bullshit, like the shit went up, shit went down. Yeah, it's, it's like more of a holistic view and it's and you're also it's, introducing qualitative into the-, the You have to do it. I think well. it goes back to our discussion before. It was like, you can't just completely, re- like the church and state thing, you can't just completely remove it yet. You really can't, not yet at least. Um, so my advice is step one- Get out of your chair. Get out of your fucking chair, have a beer, talk to some people. Fucking talk to the client, like really understand what the fuck they they want to get after, not just like oh that's that's the conversion point. Like you got to think a little bit beyond that. Yep. Um, great, I think that's great advice. I mean, that's definitely. I mean, you have to. Like, I think it's hard. I mean, I remember my, it's really you know, hard. when I was young, it was just like I was trying to learn my job. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to do a good job. Yeah. And your head's down, and yeah, pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Chin and, up and process the prescription there. is easy, right? Like just filling in the blanks is very easy, but yeah. like thinking outside of. Yeah. Um, I think it's also so number one you're not the shit number two go talk to people get out of your seat get your head out of the spreadsheet see what's happening in the environment I think number three is just like don't be afraid to be wrong you know you're always gonna face challenges (laughs) so number three you're not a piece of shit (laughs) yeah exactly that's where you find resolution is when you're like oh all right. so I originally thought I was a shit and then I was disproven before talking to everyone but some of it is still real and some of it's still that and there's you you see the greater picture everything seems yep. to connect and be like i found the purity in what was my original thought the rest is bullshit it's fucking noise but this is the, the purity and so like i think 
not being afraid to fail. Yeah, the number went up. You know, or you you fucking present the number and it's fucking wrong. That's fine. That's that's why you measure the shit. That's why you're in that job just yeah. to test shit out. I think that's huge, right? Because especially in that in this world, yeah, you your front line, your job. I mean, it's a hard thing to do, right? To stand yeah. up and be like, we fucked we up. did all this shit. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that has to deliver the message. Yeah, look, it's messenger. red now. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it can't all be green. If it is always green, they're not gonna believe you. Right, and, and I think two points I want to make on that. I think when it's red, the good analyst would be like, you know what, here's some opportunities, mm-hmm. right? There, it's not about being prescriptive. The prescription comes from the creative and the strategy and all that. Analytics got to know the role. Like, this is what we saw. These could be opportunities. Creative, what do you want to do with that shit? It's almost like there's like you need to have a belief that there's no law, there's no lost work in involved. There's in none process, because you, right? because like you're learning the process. Right, right. It reminds me of like and it's, people are quick to jump there. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah, you guys That's are just screw, you're screwing around. Like I, it reminds me of like like typical project management where um, you'll get like a uh, a problem and then you have an approach and I'll have like ten different approaches mm-hmm. right or and I'll, I'll be excited about two or three of them. And I'll talk to people around the, the, the group, and they're like, sure. no, no, you, you can't do it for this reason, you can't do it for that reason, have yeah. you thought about this, have you thought about that? And it, it, it's, it's a long process. It's not something where you just like put pen to paper and figure it out like in a day. Like Half the times, it's just like, it is collecting information and, and like li- literally having people shoot your idea down, yeah. right? Until you, and then you keep refining it, and that's, that's part of the actual way of coming to um, something that's, that's a little bit more bulletproof. Yeah. Right, and I, 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 I feel mean, like time and time again, that's that's frowned upon, right? It's frowned upon to be like it, it's it's frowned upon to be in the red. But I think you also need to be privy to the fact that it's like, oh, well, if we never did that, if we never tagged that, and now we know we what not to do. But you gotta think of it as like as a kid, like you don't you touch a stove once, like ah, shit's fucking hot. Right, right. Now you know. But if you've never done it before, you're in a fucking adult. You're drunk. You're like I'm gonna touch this shit. And you. You're going to fucking burn your hand all the way through, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, it's better to fuck up sooner than later, right? Track all the little fuck ups, do all that shit you have to do and just be okay with it. Because at the end of the day, like, fuck ups will keep a lot of like what not to do, but it should also yeah. inspire creators to be like, oh shit, all right, we'll do better. Yeah, but I, I, feel, I feel like there is a, a challenge in our industry right now because in the past, it, it was, it was a, a lot about it. It was like, you should know what you're doing. Yeah. Right? But media technology everything's moving so fast now mm-hmm. that it's more and more so you need people that are like actually are you're, you're, you're touching the fire yeah you're, you're, you're figuring it out but like not not in a way where just like you're like yeah i'm figuring out as i go because that's such a, a kind of a weak statement sometimes mm-hmm. right but it, it's more about like i'm actually testing this I'm, I'm i'm making an intelligent decision to actually try this out mm-hmm. if it doesn't work i pivot and now i have my learnings that i've right. moved on right but i think the the process of Testing, fucking up, and pivoting, I think is, it's not done enough on the client side. I think the the gamble, I feel like clients are like, uh, you, you go to the casino, and they're like the big gamblers. They're just rich dudes that never gambled before. Right. Like, yo, $1 million on... Double down! On, on fucking number 12, on roulette. And it's like, dude, like, you yeah, never gamble. You know roulette, you can spread your stuff around, right, you know? Right. And so they, you know, so they lose money big time. And, yeah. you know, you always hear about big wigs getting cut. Yeah. You know, things like that. However, I feel like from the analytics and 
from the agency approach is like let's make little bets and like yeah. work our way up you know like you know it's fucking stock market you work your way up you know you figure out what doesn't work what does work you put it together you make it better next time right or what, what is really good well how do we replicate that in a different way right and yeah. I think that's why things get stale on the client side it's like this shit worked last time just do it a fucking again a creative would be like, oh, that sucks. Just give me the fucking template. Done. Boring. What's, what's, what's so funny, too, is... is um, it was, it was, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to totally botch this this quote or this this message, but, you know, Elon Musk was talking about how many times they've been sued at Tesla, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, guy... Before they had autopilot, guy mm-hmm. falls asleep. Hit something, sues mm-hmm. Tesla. Well, it's a smart car. You should know better. Even though it didn't, they did not have autopilot at the time. There was nothing mm-hmm. in the car that said, autopilot. "Take your hand off the wheel." Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So he he's like, oh, you know, he had to deal with the lawsuits, a couple lawsuits, what have you. But they're an easy target, mm-hmm. right? Oh, this is the smart car. Again, they didn't have autopilot yet. Right. So he's like, "Fuck, we gotta get autopilot going, right? Because yeah. this is an issue. Even if we just give them." I mean, all the people have like lane, come out of the lane, mm-hmm. warnings, whatever. But listen, we gotta we gotta get this moving faster than not, right. and not because of litigation, just because saving lives. Meanwhile, gas powered, you know, nineteen mm-hmm. seventies Bronco that sells for crazy money right now because dumb as shit. You fall asleep in that thing, yeah, you're dead, you're fucked, <laughs> right? Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, no one's suing Ford historically for that, right? So to me, it's like. It's it's so it's it's funny when you kind of look look at it from a distance to right. me, right? We have so much data, things moving so much fast right now to right. the point that approach should be more adopted. Yeah. Because if you look back at your marketing and customer experience 10, mm-hmm. 20, 30 years ago, you're shooting ads out, who knows? Yeah. Like it, like all the Nielsen stuff, it's like boof. Like that was yeah. all you know what I mean? It like was all you, very much like directional at best. Yeah. Right. So like the expectation, it, it's so interesting that expectation that you're talking about, right? Because yeah, it, it's t- to me, it's like whether you see green or red when I present, you should be fucking ecstatic. You should be like, shit, we learned a lot. It shouldn't be like, oh fuck, we went down. It's like no asshole, you learned what not to do. Yeah. We learned some things that work, some things that didn't work. Now let's take this information and distribute it to your organization. I think that's well, we're doing I, surgery here, right? We found out that yeah. if you if you go in this way through, and I'm obviously not a doctor, mm-hmm. you go in your stomach this way and you right. cut this. Oh sh- shit! It bled mm-hmm. a little bit too much there. Maybe we go over here. We're doing surgery right now, right? Right for customer experience. Back in the day, it was just like you know what? There was. Give them some salt water or whatever. Throw some, throw, some, throw some in. Yeah, throw some in. Leech. And then it's like, ah, oh, but shit, fuck it. It worked or it didn't work. Exactly. Yeah. So as as you get more data points, expectations just grow higher and higher yeah. as opposed to like... Here, here's the thing. If, if they had adopted this culture sooner, every company would be making way less and less mistakes and every re- every company would be more and more relevant. It'd also be a little bit more polarized. Like, Verizon, oh, fuck them. All right, whatever. doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Right now, people are like, oh, man, it doesn't like Verizon. Shit, I got to get them on Verizon. It's like, no, dude, you're just not targeting the right guy. You know, if you target the right people, you found your set. You know, first get that and then start expanding. I think everyone's trying to expand before they've 
really solve for their customer. And that's why everyone's now is like a fire under their ass. Like, know your customer, know your customer. Can you fucking do it? Yeah, we have CRM. Yeah. That's not know your customer. Do you yeah. fucking know your customer? No one knows their customer. I mean, we're looking at the client side about, you know, in this regard, right? But are we also looking at the agency side mm. in this regard, right? Because, we, I mean, we're very familiar with the whole, um, you know, agency process at times, right? Where it's yeah. just like, oh, it's worked in the past. Well, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Let's double down on it, right? Yeah. Like that, that's a very common thing to hear. Yeah. Analytics for the agency. I mean, analytics for the analytics, man. So that's that whole well, other... So my, my thing has always been, like, I've always believed in you can't, you can't really, cheese you can't wrestle any laurels, right? Yeah. So, like, when I came up in this game, it was, like, paid search, display was big back then, and, like, web analytics was, like, the new frontier, right? Because Adobe came out, Google came out, Google was free, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you had way more information. And so I was trying to stay on the cusp of it, and it made me, me as an analyst, much more relevant relevant everyone wanted my fucking attention all of a sudden and I think businesses were starting to see like oh there's value in the data there's value in the insight it's not just the number one up we get bonuses like we actually this small pit of, of insight can actually inform like billions and billions of dollars across all these verticals that we happen to own or whatever and so which is why I said before like analytics people should start learning code Right. Start learning that shit. Like, start learning the new frontier before it's too late. Because, you know, AI is going to catch up to the shit you already do now. If you're just, like, a reporting monkey, you're fucked, dude. Like, if anyone's listening, get out of that shit. Start fucking pulling some real insights. And then you'll you'll see, like, the greater picture of things. You know, you should be coding the AI that looks for these things, right? Because if you're a good analyst, you, you would tell the AI... Like algorithm, be like, look for this, look for this, look for that. Right. When you see these things, spit back to me. In a good sense, would be like, bounce rate went down on this page that you launched on this day with these audiences. Like, all oh, a bunch of meta information. It's all there. It's no one's doing it. So it's you- complicated, but the future is that. It's like the future is analytics people coding their own analytics to come back to them, so they can be more of a consultant after, versus just like, oh yeah. I pulled this Excel table up, but here's the pivot table. So, so in the like, you know, obviously, as, as in our industry, as we're seeing um, the analytics function mm-hmm. being pulled into marketing, being mm-hmm. pulled into um, strategy, sometimes even being pulled into like product management, right? Um, do you see that like that as the future, like figuring out from a strategic standpoint, mm-hmm. right? Um, the type of data that that's in the white space that they don't have figuring out how to actually get ahead um, rather than just the reporting and the dashboards that we're so I think that, that's that's what keeps me I don't want to say up at night it's fucking corny but that's what keeps me like in my profession like the companies actually give me like a little bit of like put my foot in the door like alright you can come on in like cool I've scoured your data you're all good but you have a gap here the reason I say it's a gap is because you're looking for this in your objective and you're not even measuring that. So this is a gap. Cool. I'll figure this out. Now, what do you want to get? All right. Let me look at your data again. Okay. Nothing is set up to get that. This is the future I will provide for you. I think not a lot of people think about that. A lot of people just think about like, it's almost like a brief on, on your table. It's just like, oh, you got to tag this website, blah, 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 blah. Cool. Yeah. Tag, done. I don't give a fuck. Go to the next level. 
but then the data comes back and it's like, yeah, we know people clicked on it, but like the smart person would be like, all right, cool. Clicked on it, uh, was a multi-line user, uh, came from this website before, uh, you know, like you can connect all the dots. The data is there, right? And especially where clients have massive partnerships, you got to leverage that. It's like, oh, cool, you're working with Axiom, cool, you're working with BlueKai, you're working with Oracle. I'm going to fucking stitch all that shit together and bring it into your, like, what's the right word? Um, your basic analytics. Your basic analytics guy is all of a sudden going to have a fucking treasure trove of information, which before was only available to the fucking engineers. Problem is, engineers don't care about analyzing. You just care about, like, sending data, collecting, cleaning, whatever. Right. But now we're, we're centralizing it. We're making it available to everyone so that everyone can move together forward. By everyone, I mean, like, everyone in their organization. The bureaucracies, right? So, so like, you know, obviously, like, when my head is sometimes focused more on, like, you know, the upper funnel business plans and sure. product plans and marketing plans and whatnot, right? So are you saying that, like, every organization should be putting, like, in, in tandem with, you know, their, their yearly planning, right? There should be analytics plans. There should be. Like, at a very top level, like, where the CEOs are knowing, like, Okay, this is this is my vision. This is where I want to go. Oh yeah, you know, I would. I would. If I was and, CEO, uh, I'd, I'd expect whatever the head analytics. I'd be like, here's the roadmap, and the roadmap can't be like, yeah, we're gonna measure these campaigns. Like, no, dude. Yeah. Like, data's evolving. What is the real shit you're collecting? And if he comes back to me like, we're collecting the fucking matrix. Like, yes, figure it out. You know. Because that, that's, that's where it's at. Because, yeah, they'll, they'll even tie into a product plan because, like... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shrewd example. But basically, yeah. like, the, basically what I'm saying is, like, the guy will figure out how to collect the most meaningful information, the newest information from the newest technology. I get it. Go with that shit. But, like, never hear about that. Ever. So, knowing what you know, mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. as the person on, not the associate director of analytics... Or director of analytics, or CEO of analytics, or whatever title you have now, or will have. <laughs> you as a person, yeah. when a, knowing what you know yeah. about the collecting of information and the targeting, yeah. and security and privacy and all those things, mm-hmm. what are your concerns, and/or what are your practices? You only go. What is your browser? Do you only go <laughs> no cookies? Do you only go... You know what I mean? Are you worried? Are you not worried? You got, you got yeah. daisy chaining four VPNs, aren't you? No, yeah, like, no, what, no. like, you know what I mean? Like, what, um, what uh, you know... Wait, and it's a crazy question. It's, it's so funny people so, talk about it. Too, I'm so concerned about privacy. Yeah. First of all, again, going back old school, that's so concerned about privacy. You put a fucking letter in an envelope you licked it's stuck in a fucking mailbox there's no security there and a Yahoo can come over and rip that open by the way yep. and I've seen people do that one thing right mm-hmm. second trash. thing second thing Facebook all things are free the, the mere concept you think these things are free I don't understand obviously you don't give a show of privacy because mm-hmm. that is the currency we all know in life nothing's free that is the currency mm-hmm. um, so a lot of those arguments I think are are funny when you see people's actions versus what they say. But again, the question stands: knowing what you know, mm-hmm. the real deal, not mm-hmm. that you know armchair quarterback ass- assessment. I just gave. <laughs> um, yeah, what, so, do, what, do, what are you worried about, and how do you roll? You got some like browser we don't even know about. So, so I'm so yeah. Shout out to Brave. 
I'm not sponsored by Brave Browser, but Brave Browser. Oh, here we go. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting in. Well, I, I'm in the crypto world, so like Brave oh, actually, Brave, Brave rewards you with crypto for Ooh. choosing to view an app. So you'll oh. get this little pop-up in I the top it. right. It's First of all, it's a Chrome browser. You're just, you know, doing your shit. A little pop-up comes up. Not intrusive, by the way. It's like, hey, this person wants to show you an ad. If you click on it, you don't so even Brave's have So Brave's a plug into Chrome. It's a plug. Well, no, no, no. It's its own browser. Based on Chrome. Based on Chrome. Okay. What's awesome about it is they're like, hey, man, we want to show you an app. Chrome's open source? Chrome's open. Uh, yeah, somewhat. All right. Somewhat. So Sorry. it's it's still so the same <laughs> algorithms for your searches, right? Or I mean, you, you could choose to block it. Is Brave, you could block is it. Bra- so, is Brave an alphabet company? No. Oh, that'd be interesting if they were. Everyone's no, getting it. <laughs> Everybody's getting it. So, so basically, <laughs> anyway, they, they, they pay you. They pay you. So, look, hey, this... They want to show you an ad. You click on it. You don't even have to fucking... It'll open a new tab. Unintrusive. Yeah. You can ignore it if you want. You don't have to look at it. And you get paid like a Brave coin, which is like uh, 24, 30 cents or something. But think about it. Like, right. I think you get max five an hour. That Brave coin today is worth 24, 30 cents. A year from now, it's worth this, $30. So, so let's so break this... You're paid to consume Break this down for an old person like me. Yeah. You're on a... You're saying what's happening is you get a dis, these are only display ads... Or cookies no, or no, no, you, you get anything, straight, anything. Straight so to the hit, web. You hit YouTube. I'm starting to watch a video has pre-roll. This thing's firing and saying it's not, they it's want not a cookie. That. They want the pre-roll. No, 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 man. So this is your browser window for the people who can't see your shit. It's browser window where you click to like exit out if you're on Windows yeah. or if you're in the top right of the window. Yeah. There's a little pop-up that comes up. It's like a little bar. Yeah. Super intrusive. It just says, "Hey, man, we want to show you an ad." So it's not part of the uh, YouTube pre-roll. Pure opt-in. It's, it's pure opt-in. Pure so, opt-in, okay. So you click on it, and it's like, cool, it opens up a new tab. Mm-hmm. Up to you if you want pure to look opt-in. at the okay. tab. And that's it. Who's the adverti- so who are the advertisers on Brave? There are a lot of uh, content Porn. companies. No. no. Vice. I think Vice is a uh, official sponsor or whatever, partner. So it's it's similar to the model of like the free games, when you're playing free games on, a, on it's, an app. It's kind of like, like a free game, so, like, but they were yeah. But they are targeting, so they're using the Chrome infrastructure, Google Arbor But, but it's better target. because it's like... I know it's better, but they're still targeting, right? It's not like it's... Well, they're, they're using the Google architecture for their own need. Right. So, but they're still targeting to me, right? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to look at this ad? It's not going to be like, do you want to look at this fertilizer? Yeah, well, you, that's the thing. It's like, it's not true. You can just ignore it. Like, yeah. whatever. But you can click on it and you can get some money. Because that money tomorrow could be worth, you know, a crypto explodes every now and then. Yeah. It could be worth a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sure glad I saw five ads. Now it's worth $5,000. I'm going to go sell that shit. But Great. I, think, I think where they change is like, they allow you to tip websites that you think Whoa. have good content. Whoa. Right. So everybody kind of wins scenarios. So as a restaurant mall, as a consumer, they're like, hey, you get 75% of whatever that ad would have cost. Yeah. And then we're trying to target you with what you think is relevant as you continue to explore, you know, whatever websites right. you're going to explore. So you're only going to get ads about relevant shit. Mm. Right now it's kind of random, but like as they know more about you, they'll be like, okay, here's about bikes. So five times in an hour, they might show you five different ads unintrusively in the top right corner. Right. It's up to you to click on it. But if you're incentivized to like at least take a yeah. peek, and it's, it's about the kind of content you like, yeah. why not? You're going to get paid for it. And if you buy something, you're supporting the company. You could also... Right. And that company tip. has very clean data then. Exactly. Because that was pure intent. Exactly. Yeah. At and a so small price. It was not like they're being bribed. 
Exactly. Right? So yeah. it's like going to my local coffee shop and knowing that I always tip well because why? It's my local coffee shop mm-hmm. and I like the people. Right. It's a, it's the same way. It's the same way we go to like J Moto if I can get a coffee. Like I like going here for the vibe and everything. Get a fucking coffee. Yeah. Shout out to J Moto. Bring back your CBD coffee. And uh, not but, that but, Sumatra shit. Yeah, make for Interpol. Yeah, not that Sumatra bullshit. <laughs> and so like yeah, but now but now you're just like digitally surfing the web, like. I don't know, like, I haven't yet thought of a website, like, yeah, I'd tip you a few bucks, but, like, once I do, I would totally do it. It's so yeah. easy. It's just, like, do you want to tip this website? I'm like, yeah, yeah give them a dollar. Why not? Two dollars. But now it's, it's like, it's, it's, this podcast it's changing the, some tips yeah. the content. It's changing right? the whole model. It's not about, now it's not about, like, we're selling shit. Now it's about, like, we have decent content, and we don't need to serve ads on our platform. Yeah. Because the ads got us here, and no. people like us. Which is that whole... And because they're all trying the to do the gateway su- of cryptocurrency. They're that, all that trying to do subscription based type shit. Now, yeah. Right. You go to like New York Times, can't read a fucking article. Like, hey man, you see you got an ad blocker. Yeah. Like, hey man, this is second. your fifth yeah. one. The, you can't the, have more free shit. Like, fuck the, off. The, the, the crypto topic, and also the wild wild west that I see right now in monetization of podcasts is a whole other podcast we could do. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other right because audio is is huge now. Mm-hmm. And there are companies that are obviously investing huge in, in, in other companies on how to make this a robust ad network, but it's very... No, they're preying on it, dude. Early on, but it's still they're, early on, though. Yeah, yeah. The, the podcast network is like in the fucking... It's in Africa right now. It's just like... It's like a herd of people just moving. Yeah. The fucking lines are out there. Yeah. Fucking yeah. looking like, when is the right moment to jump in? No. Fucking... But that infrastructure is not there. It's, a, shit. it's amazing to me in 2019... Yeah, the infrastructure has been figured out that like display or elsewhere on the web as far yeah. as actually doing I think know. I think who's providing that network is going to be your uh, your Amazon not your Amazon your Alexa's Google Home's yeah yeah is there another one it's kind of it it's kind of it I think series yeah well yeah so I'm, 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 clearly off, I'm not an Apple off, dude yeah. but yeah you have those three they're right now I was saying before, like my wife, like every morning she's like, "Yo, Google, like tell me the latest weather," and Google automatically inserts like, "Oh, you might like this podcast." Here's a quick snippet. Mm, sorry about there's you. there's yeah. Watson as well. I'm um, Watson. No one says, "Yo, hey Watson." I know that's But the auto ad, the auto. Unless ad, it said, "Yo, here's the thing, though, shit is, Sherlock, what, like, what I'm talking about though is is the fact that it's very immature market, and the fact that it's like web. It's not even web. It's like fucking radio back. Decades and decades and decades ago, most podcasts, yeah, if they get a sponsorship, they read it. It's not dynamic ad insertion. You yeah, have content that I'm, can live on forever. Like there's there's companies that are doing it yeah. right now, or, or or who are approaching it right now, figuring it out. But in 2019, there is no network solution for how to so completely monetize this to the degree that it could be in the digital realm. I think I think it's an interesting time. Um, I asked my brother if he listens to any podcasts. My brother's 23 right now. Or he's going to turn 23. Anyway, he's like, nope. Recently hung out with his friends, took him out to a bar. They're like, podcast? They're like, nope, nope. And one guy was like, yeah, cereal. I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good. That was about it. But like, based on my stats, even though it was a small sample of people, like, I don't think most people are into this. I, I feel like the, the core demographic listening to podcasts are probably millennials. People who are like, radio's the only thing. I'm fucking bored of this shit years later. Not bored of radio, but just bored of like all this noise 
Like, if people are trying to shove media down my throat, I kind of want something clean and isolated. Oh, I found podcasts. Right? And so podcast becomes, like, almost like that radio is, like, nostalgia, like, Stranger Things kind of shit. I'm curious to know, like, if, if that's true. If it's just the millennials. Because, like, if it is just the millennials, then the, the conglomerate media dudes got to figure out how do we sell this into, like, the centennials yeah. and the zennials, whatever the yeah. fuck is out there. Well, obviously, they're, they're going after the, the market has the highest spend rate of it. What's also interesting is I wonder if anyone from a sociologi- sociological, sociological, sociological perspective has mapped the popular podcast against gridlock in cities. Wow. Do you know what I'm saying? Or, or like, like traffic gridlock? Yeah. Traffic, subways. My, you know what I mean? Like my highest listening LA, is like, like any, any major yeah, city. That, I think everyone's going, point. Everyone, everyone knows like the trend of like everyone went back to the cities. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old infrastructure. Right. We're in New York, one of the biggest cities in the world mm-hmm. and our infrastructure's dying. Delays. Like I, I wonder if there is a sociological trend Whereas, sense, yeah. as gridlock, cars, all that shit mm-hmm. is worse and worse and worse, the audio, the podcast. I'm wondering if, like, the talk radio metrics. Ooh, actually, the AM radio. Yes. Dude, AM radio is probably to that. Dude, yeah, if, the thing is, though, that's a, the problem with why podcasts are popular because it's niche. Whereas AM radio but is. But it's not. accessible, it's digital. It's yeah, right but it's also niche. You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be. It could no, be. But, but that's but that's what but that, I think that's a problem with the podcast, right? Like yeah. you have a time where you just want to listen to audio and right. you have time. And but it's niche. It's not like it's like so it's not like TV or the old oh yeah. four channels. My, and that's my, it, my, my right? point like, of view, I didn't to, to connect on the niche, but my point of view is like I don't want to hear top forty bullshit. Yeah. Like at all. It sounds like some other old shit I heard. I'm a musician, I don't respect any of that bullshit anyway. Oh. And so then I'm like is there anything out there that's original? Mm-hmm. All right, should we end it now? It's been an hour and a half. Yeah, tons Holy of things shit. we could be talking about. It's an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Damn, dude, I went by real quick. But also, there's tons, so mm-hmm. much. Are we going to sound? I'm just saying, there's so much. <laughs> Actually, it's, too, it's too early. It doesn't open yet. Oh really? Trust me, I know when it opens. <laughs> I fucking DM. <laughs> um. All right, let's do a quick pause. Yeah. Enjoyed it. No. Loved it. Yeah. Thank you, Juan. No, thank you guys. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, man. Let's do this again. There's so much to talk about. Oh, of course, man. We can talk, a talk about our podcast simulation inside a big data. You know what? Vortex. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research. Next time you have me back, this I'll come back with some stats on podcasts. How about that? Oh, you're gonna crunch these I'll numbers. Come back with a fucking report card. I, I feel like I feel like we we might have stumbled upon um, a way of pitching a new product. How? <laughs> how can we? How can we cookie people from an audio perspective? Oh, they've already done it. All right, let's. Talk we should about save that. that for our next one. I mean, that's the next I mean, one. I feel like this conversation is making me want to, like, should we be pitching? Pitching people with these ideas. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say this: Shazam! All right, and we'll we'll talk about that next. All time. right, let's right talk about here. the next time. Thank you for listening. For more authentic discussions with leaders in the industry, please check out agencyoftoday.com.